Today on What Chaos, more on the Cutter Gautier saga. And is Trevor Zegras now next to be traded in Anaheim? The Edmonton Oilers are really doing it, but would they be doing it without the coaching change? Seattle Kraken hold on to the Chaos chain and are one of the hottest teams in hockey. Plus, a Sabres take you don't want to miss. Subscribe everywhere you can, including YouTube. It's What Chaos. What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, Jan- U.S. January 10th. It's What Chaos. I'm DJ Bean, a.k.a. Young Gretzky. We got Pete Blackburn, a.k.a. The Marchenko Agenda, and LLPWHL, a.k.a. Sean DePaz. What's up, sir? Howdy. I like that nickname. I just All thought right. that that was, I didn't have that one planned. I did have the Marchenko Agenda for Pete, and definitely Young Gretzky for me. <laughs> How does nobody go by, like, Young Gretzky or anything like that? I'm sure somebody does. I don't know who it is. Little Gretzky. I mean, you can't really do that. Like no, what? Wayne Jetski. I've heard that. Who like who like if who's gonna call themselves or call somebody Lil else? Lil Gretzky. Lil Gretzky. I love it. They should. But it's like it's like calling somebody Babe Ruth. It's like I was playing uh, EASHL the other day, and somebody uh, slapped Gretzky as their play-by-play name, and uh, the people that I was playing with were not fans of that. They're that's just like wow, that's very cocky, and that's lame. Like if you're like I, I don't Agreed. know. I I think that like. For a young guy like me, uh, Young Gretzky is a cool nickname because it's it's classic. If you're doing some PWHL, EASHL, P, what, what was this? That you got it. Yeah, if you're doing that, <laughs> you want your like name, and this is the name they say when you pass the puck and have it and stuff. Yeah, it's your uh, play-by-play you name. You want it to be like Rhino or something they cool. They have some crazy or ones. Or Tino. Tino they, they have as one? That's, that's, that's his. Mine. Oh, Tino. Sean Tino. Mine. I like LLPWHL. I might make my e my e e a s h l right. Yeah, yeah. That's too. That is also like the Somebody's, pwhl. Say too many letters. And I don't like that. I don't like that. That's too many letters. More than um, three is too many. But I'm gonna make it a woman. I think I might make my character. A woman. Nice. Good for you. Congratulations, Good. Real white knight. I was over gonna here. say. Yeah. Uh, would you like a cookie? Yeah. You sound I'm very. Gonna make, pr- I'm gonna make my name. Congrats on respecting women, Sean. I might just make keep my guy a name or keep my guy a guy, but make the name Mr. PWHL. So like real. <laughs> I don't think that's Mr. In the game. PWHL is a great <laughs> game yeah. because people will immediately look at you sideways. Oh, like, what the fuck is that supposed to be? Like, that I, should be I a Twitter am, name. I am the face of the professional women's hockey league. There oh. is a there is a guy and. You know, I think you know who I'm talking about. The guy who has, like, made himself the the, the face of women's hockey. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Patrice Bergeron? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there's a guy, and he's the worst. Uh, I, I actually him. don't know uh, who you're talking about, but we had an eventful day yesterday. Yesterday was one of those, like, I couldn't sleep at the end of the night, but uh, I had to take one and a half melatonin things because I was just so riled up, but, like, Yesterday was a, a a why we do this kind of day. Yeah, doing definitely. all that shit with Cutter Gautier and all that fallout, a lot of just a lot of buzz around the sport of hockey. Uh, I said it yesterday to Greg Wyshynski. I was like, "What a year to start a podcast that sort of revolves around chaos." This has been the most chaotic NHL season that I can remember in terms of storylines in a long, long time. And the Cutter Gautier one may be the cherry on top so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we top that. 
but it has been incredible. We well, do we've have got some... a great guest today. It's Cutter Gauthier. No, it's sexist Mr. PWHL <laughs> over here. I love Mr. PWHL. Mr. PWHL is the hardest nickname I've ever heard it's in my so life. I, 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 I thought that, that. I, thought that I was going to introduce myself as Young Gretzky, and the rest of the show would be a DJ tribute episode for like <laughs> what a nice nickname that is. And within about eight seconds, we got to Mr. PWHL, and that is the best. Because oh, like it comes with allegations. I don't know what to say. I just I it's support. a real like my shirt says. Stop asking me about this thing. My shirt's it's answered Can by my shirt. Can you read the shirt? Yeah. It's, yeah. Got, it's got big like guy who has feminist in his Twitter bio. Yes, yes, yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to the chat. They know my uh, my EASHL name, Paul Hollywood. Ah. My play by play name is Howard Chuck. Well, there's rumors in the chat now. I see that Baby Gronk just rizzed up Young Gretzky. I can't confirm nor deny. U.S. Mr. PWHL. U.S. Mr. PWHL. Yeah, yeah. You should screw Montreal and Ottawa and Toronto. I will say it's not the hottest start for... Uh, PWHL Boston? PWHL Boston. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. The tank is on. We're coming for the number one prospect. We're coming for, for Mrs... I was I don't know I was gonna say Mrs. Celebrini, but that was gonna not hit the way I wanted it to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're coming for whoever the Macklin Celebrini of women. Have you is. have you aligned yourself with the Boston PWHL no. team? I don't. Why align are you saying myself? we then? I don't align myself with losers. Um, Why are you saying that's, we? Because they're all me. I just, are you on the team? I'm on the PWHL. You are. I mean, the the easy one is uh, why well, can't I think of his name? Chris Traeger, actor, Wayne's World. Chris Traeger in Parks Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Like wearing the NFL yeah, hat. Like, but I yeah. don't know. If Look at this. I support the shield. Look at this. this. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're the cool shield. anymore. But I like when I was in W. When I was in early high school, they would make jackets that just had like every NBA team on them. Mm -hmm. And that was the most popular jacket. I had bed sheets uh that had uh all the baseball teams. I well, on yeah, them. I had that. For sure. Yeah, those but are that's, good. That's just so, that's where you piss. We, uh, uh, we do have a Cutter Gauthier update that we found out a little bit more. He still hasn't spoken, still haven't fully heard uh, his side of the story from his camp. But our pal Elliot Friedman, always in the know, came out and said, from what he understands, the Flyers were worried about some overages that we're going to carry into this year. But it does seem like the main did, piece They here, didn't sign him. And right. he was upset that they didn't sign him. Yeah, and it seems like the main piece here was that he wanted to be with the Flyers and be in the NHL this season. The Flyers suggested he go back to BC and mainly so that, well, I think that he wanted, the Flyers were not opposed to him playing for them this year, it sounds like. But he, they didn't want to sign him at the end of last season. Right. Okay. So uh, entry-level contracts are three years long. And if you sign a player and if they're under 20 years old, which Gautier would have been, and they play 10 games, then a year is burned off that contract. And with young players, it is very, very valuable to have them playing meaningful games while on their entry-level contract. A way to curry favor with them is to burn a year off their entry-level contract by saying, hey, Tory Krug. Sign with us, you play a few games, then your entry-level deal is shorter. Why is that better? Because then you get to your next contract quicker, and you can make more money, and then you're also right. a year closer to unrestricted free agency. Right, it it's bumps a bargaining up a, chip. It bumps up a big year of payment. So he wanted to sign with them at the end of last year. Philadelphia said, we don't want to sign you. The story that has Whoa. been passed along is we 
don't want to have the overages on our cap the next year. I think that's kind of BS. I think it's just probably we want the three years that you play for us to be three full years and to mean something. So instead of this being year two of mm -hmm. the entry-level deal, if he had signed with them at the beginning, got the full year, it would be year one, and then they have control over him for Which, longer. And it's worth pointing out that one cutter when Cutter, Cutter Gauthier's season uh, ended last season at BC, the Flyers had 16 games remaining on their schedule. So uh, he was in a position to maybe play more than 10 games in Burn that first year of the ELC. The, the thing here, the takeaway here is that, like, if that's the case, it's it, it does scream that, that Cutter Gauthier had a like preconceived bone to pick with the Flyers. This is standard operating procedure for for the most part involving a lot of young guys. Because if you're the Flyers, why would you want to burn the first year of the ELC on a top five pick in a season that doesn't really matter? And like like you said, sometimes it's often used as a bargaining chip. They didn't need a bargaining chip with Cutter Gauthier. They already drafted him. They had his rights. It wasn't like a we're trying to sign... Uh, like this, you know, this undrafted, this player, undrafted yeah. guy and we'll play him for one game, burn this first year of the ELC. And uh, had he played less than 10 games, though, the the contract would have slid and because it he was only 19 year, years. Yeah, it been, but he still wouldn't have been able year. to go back to college because once you're done with NCAA, right. you're big dunzo. They curried favor with him and when they drafted him fifth overall. That is a big thing to do for a young man. Select, we, we're taking you fifth overall. You're going to be a potential franchise player for us. So far, in the court of public opinion, the Flyers are winning, right? Like, we can all uh, uh, agree. Nobody's looking at the Flyers and saying, hey, they did anything wrong. Unless you are so pro player that you say, well, if you wanted to come out, you should have known this is a valuable guy. Let's make him happy. I think it's kind of a bad precedent to set. I said yesterday famously that I don't believe in players' rights. I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm about structure and organization. I love bosses. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those chuds on Instagram that uh, like brags about paying like extra on their rent. Yeah, just to support the grind. I right. I'm just of that mindset. So, if you won the lottery, you'd give it back and say, "No, nah, I'm a grind for it." What was, yeah, there was a meme that said, like, if I won the lottery, I'd give it all to my biggest enemy so that <laughs> I could earn more than him one That's day. Right. Yeah, like, so far, the Flyers are winning in the court of public opinion. I don't know what's going to come out that's going to make anybody think differently. But also, like, I don't hate this kid. Oh, well, uh, here's what I mean. I made the point yesterday. I think Cutter Gauthier would be wise to lean into, like, the villain aspect. And, you know, if he just hates Philly and didn't want to play in Philly... And that was the the way that he went about not playing for the Philadelphia Flyers. I can respect it if he leans into it. And it does seem like he's leaning into it because uh, he liked a video, uh, a clip that was posted by Sean Avery, who apparently has a podcast, I guess. Sean Avery's got a podcast. And uh, he he kind of trashed the city of Philadelphia, was like, why the fuck would Cutter Gauthier want to play for the Flyers? Uh, we have that video, and Cutter Gauthier liked it, and it's uh, kind of hilarious. We got the video, right? Why would Cutter Gauthier want to play for the Philadelphia Flyers? Cheesesteaks, John Fetterman, the Liberty Bell, and now he's packing his bag, carry-on, and he's coming to California, Southern California, to win a Stanley Cup 
with Trevor Zegras. This is business, baby. All you greasy flyer fans, all you fucking savages. You guys threw quarters at Santa Claus. Maybe Cutter Goche just doesn't like Danny Briere's son because he threw the wheelchair of a disabled girl down a flight of stairs. Maybe he doesn't like John Tortorella for a multitude of reasons. I don't know Cutter from a hole in a wall. Maybe he doesn't like fucking Gritty because no one likes Gritty. But Cutter Goche is an American hero. And he exercised his God-given right as an American. Um, that's uh, all over the place. That's endorsed by Cutter Goche, though. That is so all over the place and <laughs> also very sunburned. It's Sean Avery. Yeah, he is very, he, has, he looks like a catcher. He's bit. an American and this is his God-given right. Like, are we doing, what, what is it, uh, Sean? Manifest Destiny? Yeah. Yep. Like, we're doing Manifest Destiny? In 2024? It is Cutter Gauthier's God-given right to move west and take over more land. <laughs> yes, <that's, laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, Sean Avery looks like a catcher's mitt, and he also looks like he's like auditioning for Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, he, as long as Marty Scorsese is directing Sons of Anarchy, Sean Avery might end up being in true. it. That's true, good point. He was, in, was he in Killers of the Flower Moon? Uh, was it Killers of the Flower Moon? Avery or? was in, um, he was in Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer, yeah. Oh, he was in Oppenheimer's, yeah. right? So it's not Scorsese, it's Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, yeah, right? that's right, yeah, because, uh, he was in the Batman movie, so yeah, it's Christopher Nolan. Scorsese is the uh, concert film director, correct? Right, no, that's no, that's Paul Thomas Anderson, the music video director, yes. Okay, well, I don't know if I count that as a dub for, for young Cutter, do you? A dub? No, I mean, like, not necessarily a dub, but I like the fact that it, that he's leaning into, like, yeah, who who cares? Fuck off. Hmm. That's that's my take. Is like, I want him to be an asshole. Yeah, people I in think the, the NHL saying needs Nolan. assholes. It's that that's Katie, and she's from Jeopardy. That she's a two-time champ. Two uh, five-time two champ. Two weeks in a row. She's gonna be. She's gonna host now. It's uh, her and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> nice together. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers famously. Uh, also winning in the court of public opinion. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, I am okay with a player, like, I guess, not necessarily, like, forcing his way out. I, I don't like the optics of it, like, especially as a fan of teams. I mean, Sean, you experienced it with the Sabres. It sucks when you Jimmy like v the player. Jimmy VC With Jimmy VC yeah. famously. Uh, like, in Boston, the best example I can think of is, like, Kyrie Irving. Like, it sucks when... You like the player and you're just like, can it please work out? And it seems the big thing holding it up is the player is hell-bent on it not working out. That sucks for Flyers fans. I am positive they're going to get over it because well, that is their energy. Well, they're, they're not going to let it go, but like, they're not going to lose. Actually, they will lose sleep at night. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a John Tavares kind of deal in Lo Long Island. Like, Long Island still hates John Tavares every time he visits. It's a nightmare. It's the loudest place that you've ever seen in your life. That's going to be the ener energy for Cutter Goche in Philadelphia, basically for his entire career. It's not going to. It's not going to go away. They're not going to forget. They're going to hate that guy forever. And I think that's good for the game. That creates storylines. I'm like, once again, I'm just pissed that they're only going to play twice a year. Uh, can I say that the NHL had like a kind of good meme day yesterday with all the Jamie Drysdale, Trevor Zegers stuff? I think yeah. that mostly it was kept above board. Yeah, danced into some questionable areas. Which one? The uh, the, uh, the 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 ducks broke up this gay couple and their dog. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that yeah. was the best. Yeah, like shame on you, NHL. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I didn't know that uh, that I hate this fucking term, uh, bromance. But I just didn't know that that relationship was that strong. It mm-hmm. is fun that from that comes a heartbroken Trevor Zegras. Not because I want to see Trevor Zegras heartbroken, but I just didn't know that like that was their Swayman and Olmark in Anaheim. Who had a worse like twenty four hours yesterday? Uh, Jeremy Swayman Swayman or Trevor Zegras? The answer is Trevor Swayman. Trevor Zegras lost. His best friend was traded out of Anaheim. Then Trevor Zegras got hurt in the game last night, had to exit. Also heard that he was was also on the trade block. We'll get to that in a second. But then Jeremy Swayman saw his best friend get hurt. Not traded, but hurt. Uh, Linus Olmark left last night's game. Didn't look super great. Did hear that there's some optimism on that front. So... Fingers crossed for Bruins fans, but he saw Linus Olmark go down, and then he had to go in an overtime and lost. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that was the thing. Like, as soon as he was getting ready, and Jack Edwards basically said as much, God bless Jack, he was like, well, this guy's probably about to come in and lose. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> that is impossible. There's not... Yeah. Uh, you, you, it's not like bringing in a reliever where you can warm up for a little bit in overtime. It's like, okay... Get in there, dummy. Go and, ahead. And as Edwards pointed out last night, the goal that he gave up was very much a, if he had been playing all game, he probably wasn't giving that goal up. It was like a second shot he faced. Type yeah, of and it was thing. just like a positioning feel kind of thing. Yeah, so that sucks. Uh, I, I I do think the answer, though, is Jeremy Swimman. Just like knowing where his heart is, his two favorite things to do are play hockey and then just have Lena Solmark in his life. Mm-hmm. I saw, I, I don't know if he was in it, but I saw Olmark posted uh, uh, something on his Instagram story, uh, having a Fika. Oh, and I was like, you know what we got to do? Ultimate goal. Fika with, with Lena Solmark. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Like Sean and Pete and I should Fika, but I knew it wouldn't work because I, it'd be like uh talking shop at a party. We'd sit down and then I'd, we'd like come up with like, yeah, we'd either <laughs> podcast or like joke about the sabers or come up with ideas and like editing strategies and shit like that. Some people just have it. Allmark has it. Yeah. And by it, I mean a groin injury. Groin hip, hip injury? it seems like. Uh, it gonna, looks like it was right here. He's getting some sh- stuff checked out this morning to determine the severity of it. But Ben told there's optimism on that front. So fingers crossed. Bruins need both those guys. Uh, Trevor Zegras, after the uh, after the big splash in Anaheim, came out yesterday that maybe they're per- pursuing the idea of also moving on from from Trevor Zegras, which would be a wild turn of events if they traded Drysdale and Zegras in the same season or like in the same calendar year. Zegras just signed three point five seven five or three times five, seven, five over the off season. He's in the first year of that deal, but it does make sense to me if the ducks were to explore the possibility of moving on from Trevor Zegers and like maybe eventually get there, especially now that Gauthier is, uh, is in the pipeline. Yeah. I mean, they have so many awesome young forwards unless they like are benching Leo Carlson and not uh, load managing him unless they're like, this guy stinks. We wanted to draft Adam Fantilli <laughs> so does badly, not stink. and he was like, "It's got it's Columbus for me. Don't take me, nerds." <laughs> uh, 
I don't think so, but I'm saying like unless they're not super high on any of these young guys, which I don't know why they wouldn't be. And you do have like the veteran leadership with all-star Frank Vetrano, but between Carlson, also a guy I think they should explore trading. Carlson, McTavish, I mean like Zegras. Who else do they have offensively? Gautier, uh, that, Troy Terry. Yeah, right, Troy Terry. So like you've got at least an awesome center and an awesome wing on two lines. Yeah. And that is, that's like the Claude Julien team building strategy. Just like, don't, you don't need amazing lines, have some killer offensive pairs and you could be set for life. And the ducks look like they're moving towards being able to have like two, three awesome lines based off of just amazing duos. So when I move Zegris, before all this shit happened, I would have moved Zegras. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough right now in the next like couple months to try to move Zegras, especially if he's hurt again. Like he's having a terrible year. He's got four four goals, three assists in twenty games. So not exactly like numbers to to sell high on. And so I might wait until the summer. But there are, like, I do wonder if Anaheim is approaching the point where this is, like, not necessarily a blow-up because they are a rebuilding team, but they, I think they got to start shipping out more and more guys. That's why I would look at, like, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that, that Adam Henrique is mm -hmm. going to be gone at the trade deadline. Then uh, Jakob Silverberg could also be in that mix. But, like, Frank Vetrano has a year of control beyond this season – He's an all-star this year. He's having a pretty good year. I would seriously consider moving him and seeing what you can get back and just kind of punting on this year. Obviously, they're they're not a great team, and they need help. Check out Mr. <laughs> uh, didn't watch the uh, Ducks last night. <laughs> Sorry. So they're 5-3 win last they night. They spunked. Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, the, uh, the Ducks need to kind of, I think, start stripping away pieces, try to maximize their position this year in terms of of, uh, of of draft positioning while also maybe improving the back end and getting some futures, and they've got plenty of guys that can kind of get them moving in that direction. Well, the good and the bad is I feel like any trade that you're going to make this season, if you're trading like Adam Henrique, who makes $5.8 million, you're going – it can't be like second and third round pick shit like that. You're going to have to take players back because the other team is just going to have to unload money because absolutely nobody has cap space. So try to figure out ways to, I know they just peeled off a really good young defenseman, but like, I think what do they probably need most? Like a good veteran defenseman. I don't know if that comes in the form of this sort of trade, but like this off season, if you could do something with Zegras for a good mm -hmm. defenseman who maybe has like, less uh high end less pizzazz like zegris is the guy like if there were a version of the taylor hall for adam larson trade that could be made yeah. this year like trade trevor zegris for whatever modern adam larson is right like it's it's although you, if i'm you're, the you're team trading, i'm not trading modern adam larson for you're that. trading him to a team that wants to get a little sexier and they're trying to get rid of in the, the the ducks are trying to get somebody less sexy right so like yeah it, it's a sex it's a sex appeal swap the ducks i mean the ducks at this point are well sexy they don't they don't yeah. need although like i don't know if we're doing sexy player rankings and we're, we don't mean romantically we don't mean sex wise we don't mean like looks wise either right right no just talking Gross. about like 
marketing appeal. appeal. Yeah, and, yeah, right. Like, well, what's shiny and exciting? I'm not crazy about the whole thing. Call me old fashioned, but Zegris is up there. Yeah, like I, I'm not I'm not super high on Zegers as a player. I think that he's a very creative offensive player. I think there's plenty of skill, plenty of talent there. I'm not uh, not not loving his two way game. I don't know if I love kind of. Uh, I, I'm just not like in love with the type of player that he is. I think that he can certainly help a team, but I don't think that like he you want him to be like your one A. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The Oilers are red, 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 red hot because last night they barely beat the resting in peace Chicago Blackhawks two to one. It was scary, scary times for Oilers fans, but they win. They have now won eight games in a row. They are, what are they? 18, six and zero under Chris Knobloch. They are a red hot team right now i want to talk about how they've gotten here but first let's talk about the chaotic ending in that game did you see the end of that game i did see the end of that game zach hyman i saw all of that game oh could, really could, couldn't miss chicago edmonton on espn plus a real headliner well <laughs> let's talk about the espn plus part first i don't fucking want to watch that game on espn plus i have to go on twitter and see electric fucking clips of Gene and the boys doing all sorts of cool shit during their broadcast. There were two options for me to watch on ESPN+. Plus. There was the, the rinky-dink one they gave me, and then there was one in Spanish. And I was like, I've kind of forgotten Spanish, so maybe this could be like a Spanish immersion thing. Was and it I John Butchergrass speaking Spanish? Yes. No, I don't I, I don't even know who's on the ESPN Plus call. I was so like huffing it, and puffing. It was Sergio Dip. I wish. That would rock. Love Sergio Dip. That was the most ESPN thing in the world. Sergio Dip came out, was fucking magnetic, and they were like, what? Not something we planned? Gotta banish this guy forever. Love you, Sergio. Miss you. But, Sean, do you have what Gene was doing during the Sportsnet broadcast? So, obviously, the Blackhawks extremely banged up. This is what we missed because we had to watch the ESPN broadcast instead of Sportsnet. Seth Jones with the shoulder. Okay. Uh, Johnson with the foot. Okay. Uh, Bavillier with the wrist. Gene, and don't Anthony do it. Asiu, don't do most, it, Gene. The most painful. I won't don't do, do it, it to Andreas Anthony to see you. Uh, but listen, up to Louis and Jack, who are on pins and needles to get period two under. <laughs> I said to Sean earlier today, if I were Gene motherfucking Principe and some bitch-ass broadcaster fixed their mouth to say, don't do it, I oh, would come, come on, that was, that was like for the humor. Do you know why they watch Oilers games? To watch Gene do it. To watch Gene do it. <laughs> That's right. I, if I were Gene, do I would have been like, uh, I think I know what I'm doing. I know in all seriousness, I agree that like, don't do it, Gene, is an iconic line. <laughs> yeah. But I'd be like, please don't talk to me that way. I'm I can't cooking. tell if we should make don't do it, Gene shirts or do it, Gene shirts. Oh, sound off in the comments. We should make Gene jackets. Oh, Gene jackets. And it's just like a Letterman jacket with Gene's face on it. Best idea. 
That's an awesome That's idea. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that one. Young PWH. What's it? Mr. PWHL? Yes, Mr. with PWHL. our nicknames. Young Gretzky. Jean That's, jackets. Oh, my with, God. With young so Gretzky. So, teams, wait, teams? You, you said they're Letterman jackets, right? Yeah, like yeah. jean jackets. Yeah, but they're called, but, called misdirection jean, jean jackets. If, yeah. Uh, if teams start giving us jerseys or start giving me jerseys, I guess, because I keep giving you jerseys. Uh request mr pwhl on the back yes oh my god we have to get our nicknames on there what what did i say you oh you're, you know you're you're the, the marchenko the, agenda that's not gonna the, fit on a name plate. and also could you imagine like and i'm, I'm picking a random team dallas stars yeah. we're not going to see Dallas. at least we have no plans to see Dallas right now uh if they were just like put marchenko on <laughs> right, right 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 marchenko on the back <laughs> and a different team player on Kirill marchenko jersey for every team in the nhl and 86 marchenko strapped I almost Florida did Panthers that uh, years ago. I loved the Warriors because I was just exciting, excited about how they played basketball. And my favorite basketball player was Kyrie Irving. And I was like, why the fuck can't I just get a Kyrie Irving Warriors jersey? I mean, I feel like I've said this before on the show. I very desperately wanted a Derek Jeter Red Sox jersey growing up. And they wouldn't let me do it. And what was the explanation there? Just because you like both? I, I loved Jeter growing up and I was a diehard Red Sox fan. You know who game Red, recognized game. You know who Red Sox fans loved around that era? Red Sox fans loved Bernie Williams. Oh yeah, mm. it was Bernie like, Williams almost came to the Red Sox. Almost came to the Red Sox, and I think that the Red Sox fans were like, "Yeah, so uh, he's he's one of us now. <laughs> we respect it." Yeah, to, hey, they they made you an offer you couldn't refuse. It's my Boston accent impression. Uh, yeah, but Gene was cooking. We had to watch the game instead, and Zach Hyman just it, it was it was an annoying night for Zach Hyman because. There was a goal that got called back, uh, an Evan Bouchard or Zach Hyman goal. I'm not sure whose goal it would have been. They called it back. They overturned it uh, for goaltender interference. Then there was a Zach Hyman goal. A, a, a light goaltender interference. Was, what did you think about it? I, be, like, seriously. I, I don't think that it was goaltender interference. I thought the, the broadcast was like, obviously, you can't challenge this one. It's too clearly goaltender interference. I, and I was like, so. I don't think so. Yeah. But I'm biased. I also uh, don't know what goaltender interference it's, is. Totally. J just going off field. <laughs> yeah. Going off vibes. how players react. Like if the goalie's the, like the goalie wasn't that mad. Yeah. After. Right. So yeah. I was like, I don't know. It didn't seem like goaltender interference. I don't think he got him. <laughs> uh, but then Zach Hyman actually scored a goal and it got called back because of the longest, most frustrating offsides review that ended up being called back so it ended up remaining a what one to one game it was two to one it was two to one that, right that it was a two to one, one it would have been a three to one at the time um, dry saddle was off by i've been watching the sopranos a lot so i'm not going to say this but a uh a pubic hair a hole oh okay you know what they say they'd say like by a, a something hair oh by a hua? <laughs> yeah. It was off by a hua. Off by one hua. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was, sorry, it was all the crank I was so, on. The This this uh, offside review made me more mad and upset about the state of the NHL than anything in the recent memory. And I've always been a big, like, spirit of the rule kind of guy when it comes to offsides. Believer in that, like, if you need frame by frame analysis, it doesn't fucking matter. Like the 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 rule for offside is put in place so that you can't gain an advantage over an opponent. And if you're going frame by frame analysis, then I don't think you're gaining a significant advantage. Obviously, there are are certain times where you're like, ah, yeah, okay. Like the replay was helpful in identifying that one. 
wasn't a wasn't a good goal or whatever. In this specific case, number one, I didn't think that that Drysaddle was offside because I, I think that him kicking the puck to his stick on the blue line constitute as possession. I think that that was an intentional move uh, in possession. I didn't see him as off as offside in that moment. So, like, first of all, didn't think that it was offside. Number two, the replay review took an hour, an hour in a close game after a good goal. Like, took all the air out of that game. Which and, somehow had air, by the way. That right, game was not yeah. supposed to have air. And the Blackhawks, shout out Blackhawks fans. I feel bad for you. This is just happens when your team sucks. You, They played a good game mm -hmm. with absolutely no roster. That was an exciting game to watch. Right. And we got to take a break for nine hours. Got to take a break for nine hours to go back and forth on this replay where we're showing the same fucking thing and nobody has any idea. And we're just kind of waiting for 10 minutes. And I didn't, again, I didn't think that it was offside. I thought that it was so minuscule. It barely had any impact on the play, on the result, on the goal. And it drives me crazy. And the fact that it was brought back just was like the lowest that I felt about the offside review in so long. Yeah, I mean, after eight minutes of circumcising the mosquito, my yes. feeling was like, maybe it's offside. And like you do all that and then wipe the goal off the board. So annoying. And I'm not trying to get into like the frame by frame was it like, that's the shit that they're doing. This conversation is us complaining about the fact that that exists because we're spirit of the rule, guys. Leon Dreisaitl did his job. He did the right thing. He followed the rule. If he was a drop off sides, he still like, look. It didn't he, impact if, the play. It didn't give if, them an advantage. If he wanted to be off sides, he could have been. <laughs> he he could have really gone for it, but he didn't. So like, I hate that shit. And after the game, people were throwing uh, flowers at McDavid. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I like the point that Knobloch brought up after the game, though, which was like, yeah, I mean, I've got like 20, 30 seconds to make a call on it, whether or not I want to challenge something like that when it happens. Can we have like equal times right, or at least yeah. like kind of close to equal yeah. times? Like you can have two minutes right. or something like that. Uh, even less. Like yeah. if you can't if you can't make the call within a minute a minute and a half, then it's so, it's, so, again, the circumcising mosquito chat yeah. loved that one. Uh, uh, but, like, it's so minuscule that it probably didn't have much of an impact on the result of the play. So, like, cap it at a minute and a half I and get I, back to business. I forget what league it was, but when they started doing uh, review, I think it might have been the NFL Um the commissioner or somebody uh, has said something about, I'm going to butcher it, but paraphrasing, it was about like, this is for the a bar full of drunks. Like if we want to get the call right that a bar full of drunks can see like, oh, like they made, well, yeah. what about that thing? It's like, okay, fix it. That's what it's for. Be able to tell, a if, bar full of be drunks, able to tell if it's on mute. Right. Be able to tell what's going on in the replay review if you had it on mute. I like that too. Because it, think about what you would, would have been like if you were at a bar watching that game last night, watching that replay review for 10 minutes. You'd ask if they're you, looking for something after else. After the second time they showed it, you'd been like, what the fuck are they looking for here? It's clearly like, we can't tell. This doesn't look like it's offside. What are they looking for here? Yeah. So uh, speaking of a bar full of drunks, here's a, an inebriated and, uh, and mouthing off Connor Bedard after, or, uh, Connor <laughs> McDavid after the game. For a team that 
that you guys had that Makar goal go against you a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. Do you have an opinion on the dry sidle one that is at all similar? What did you think of that? I, I do. I mean, obviously, if it takes you 15 minutes to, to determine if it's offside or not, um, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I talked to the linesman after. Ultimately, it's not a, not their call, I guess. You know, obviously, they said it came down from the league, but you know, you zoom in, you zoom in, you keep zooming in until you can't zoom in anymore, and I guess it's offside. So, um, you know what? Um, these these are calls that uh, you know change games, and ultimately it didn't go our way. You know that was a big call. Um, it would have really really hurt them, and um, I thought it should have been onside. I mean. It's kind of possession too, right? Like the argument of possession. Um, that whole debate can start again. Um, you know, it was such a close one. You'd like to see it. You know, I, I think the NHL uses the analogy dead wrong, right? They, you know, if it's if it's dead wrong or something like that, I don't know what they say. Like they want it to be clear and obvious, right? Um, that one's certainly not clear and obvious. Fair. Okay, so I like that. Uh, I think that people online liked it too much. They were like, mm -hmm. they were they were making that like the J.K. Simmons Academy Award speech. You liked that, it? That was me. I liked it a lot. I know. I saw like everybody liked it. Yeah, I mean, I well, was like, it's this fine. Is a, it's it's not like the first example. It's a continuation of Connor McDavid being a good interview, and he at some point recently he has turned into like one of the better and more thoughtful guys behind a mic, mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, who saw that coming? Because that guy was unlistenable in his first few years in the league. Just a horribly bland interview. And it does seem like he has gotten more comfortable. He is a very thoughtful, very smart hockey player, obviously. And I think that I agree with everything that he fucking says there. So I, li I like everything he said there, too. And I agree with it. I'm not blown away. Like I like that. I, th I think that he put it into words that made sense for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I say this as the biggest Oilers fan in the world. My take on uh, Connor McDavid in that moment is don't be in a two to one game against the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, I'm yelling at the refs and I'm mad about uh, about the refs, but. You're not getting off the hook here either. And obviously, I'm not saying it's Connor McDavid's fault. But, like, my big takeaway with the Oilers game from an Oilers standpoint is, like, boy, like, we got out with two points somehow. Don't know how the fuck that happened that Stuart Skinner was the player of the game and bailing us out left and right. Uh, another thing that happened in that game, by the way, uh, those weren't the only two Zach Hyman things. He missed... Two empty net goals in the final shift of the game. And so he really could have had like four. He could have had his dick out. Yeah. yeah. We did have a hat trick last night, Matthew Kachuk. And I started uh Hatterbox. I started Hatterboxed. Yeah. It's like letterbox, but hat trick reviews. I told you I was gonna be doing hat trick reviews. Uh I think I gave Matthew Kachuk a two point six out of three for last night's hat trick because one of them was an empty netter, but it did come from distance. It came from his own end. So Points for, like, the long-distance empty netter. That's pretty cool. Uh, had a nice tip goal and then had a a, a nice little on-the-rush snipe one-timer. So 2.6. It also is a natural hat trick. So mm. extra nice little bump there, 2.6 out of 3. Do you have any, like, steadfast rules for this or like if you it's my, my steadfast rule is that if you get one if you get a goal out of an empty from an empty netter it's most likely going to be a full point mm. deduction but since it was but from the distance, fact that it was from that. distance and that it was a natural hat trick i'm giving him the point six okay well uh i i had a point six time at uh, the big game and it's all because of game time i used them to get tickets it was uh, right before the game and i was like shoot it's almost game time where am i gonna get the tickets and my wife said dj you said it right there it's game time 
game. Your why don't you use wife. game time? Yeah. And I Not s- your first wife. No. That whore. What? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my wife said, DJ, you said it right there. It's game time. And I said, what, what are you talking about, my wife? And she said, game time. It's the, it's the one-stop destination for tickets, whether you're traveling a long distance like a Matthew Kachuk empty netter or you just want to go next door and catch a game there. Game time is going to have all the tickets you need. If you want one ticket, you could get that. They've got a great little feature where you uh, select the amount of tickets that you want and they'll filter by that amount of tickets. How many times does it happen? You go to get tickets and say, oh, I'd love, oh, that looks like a good spot. Ah, I can only buy 50 tickets and (laughs) game time. You're not going to have that experience. You put in right there, two tickets, you and your wife or (laughs) three tickets, you, your Your wife wife and your your, wife's boyfriend. No, your guma. (laughs) You know, it could take whoever you want to take to the game. It's another feature that comes thanks to game time. You get to pick who you bring to the game. They're your tickets with game time. So use code chaos for $20 off. That's C-H-A-O-S for $20 off your purchase on game time. And if you're listening to this podcast or watching it, send us tweets with uh, your receipts don't, don't have any numbers in there or anything, but say, uh, and I get to pick who goes to the game because they're my tickets. Game time. They're your tickets. Uh, Oilers fired Chris. Uh, I'm sorry. Jay Woodcroft. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, fired Jay Woodcroft on November 12th. They'd won their last game. I, I saw a graphic yesterday. This is what got me thinking about this after the game last night. I think it was Bleacher Report. Somebody had some sort of big uh, graphic that said uh, Oilers are 18-6-0 under Chris Knobloch. And I'm like, well, they're also 19-6-0 in their last 25 games because they got that last win uh, with Jay Woodcroft. But they were 3-9-1 under Jay Woodcroft. Fired him on November 12th. Since then are 18-6-0. And that makes them... Since hiring their new coach, the second best team in hockey, they are second only in points per game to the Jets, who have 1.62 points per game. They have the Oilers 1.5 points per game. So since this coaching change, they have been absolutely outrageous. And I ask, would they be going on this run or something like it if they had not made a coaching change? I doubt it. It just really feels like they needed a kick in the pants. And they got that from firing Jay Woodcroft. It sent a message. And this team has kind of tightened it up and and not been such an absolute circus. I don't know though. Like I, I mean, I, I obviously they don't were gonna make know. a run at they were gonna make a run at some point. Like there's mm-hmm. no way they could have cratered for this song. I just feel bad for Jay Woodcroft in all this because he was for sure a scapegoat. And to I mean, an I, people were saying Jack that Campbell. at the time. Like I, I think that. Two things can be true. A coach can need to go while also being a good coach. And I just don't think that Jay Woodcroft had any more runway in in Edmonton with the way that team was playing. And, I mean, we talked about it so much where it was just like they are going to need to play basically perfect hockey the rest of the way if they're going to make up this difference and get back into the race. And they have since then. What if I were to tell you 
All right, so they fire Jay Woodcraft on November 12th. And if I were to tell you uh, on January 10th, they would be in a November 12th to January 10th stretch in which they have been worse than the Winnipeg Jets. You'd be like, well, then who are they firing now? Who are they <laughs> trading now? But the Jets are the only team that's been better. Let me give you some before and after. So under Woodcroft, 13 games, 2.69 goals for per game, 3.92 goals against per game, 23.9% on the power play, 70% on the penalty kill. That is all fucking dreadful. Under Knobloch, 4.08 goals for per games. That is 1.39 more goals a game. That mm. is insane. That's a huge number. Uh, 2.63 goals against per game. That's 1.29 fewer allowed per game. It's like basically half. 27% on the power play. 87.5% on the PK. So 1.39 more goals, 1.29 fewer allowed, much better power play, and outrageously better penalty kill. So And they're getting saves. Something has changed like crazy under Knobloch. And I like Knobloch. I just don't feel like he's come in and saved the day. I feel like I'm, I'm glad as an Oilers fan that it's all happening. I feel bad for Woodcroft and all this. I mean, yeah. So the the the, the thing is, like, the Oilers were not playing like I guess they were kind of playing like the Oilers, but like they weren't playing up to their potential under Jay Woodcroft. Mm -hmm. And they have been playing to the potential under Chris Knobloch. And like what that means, why the reason, like I, I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend like I know, but it, it there's obviously been a turnaround that coincided with firing the coach. So to say, like could they be doing this under Jay Woodcroft? Who knows? Maybe. But the, I feel like they needed to fire Jay Woodcroft to find out if they could flip that switch. And they did. Well, I was listening to the radio yesterday with my guma. And uh, I heard a shout out from my dear friend and work father, Mike Felger. They were talking about David Posternock's uh, infamous shootout attempt against the Avalanche. And Kevin Majori, the producer, brought up, hey. I don't like the shootout. Get rid of it. Felger was saying, well, then what are they going to do? And he said, well, you heard what Zach Wierenski said on what chaos. Here's that exchange. How do we settle them? Just keep playing. Uh, you know DJ Bean and Pete Blackburn, right? Yes, they sir. had uh, Zach Wierenski on their show. After they were Does done grab-assing about you know stupid yeah. crap, do they ever get down to talking hockey? Wierenski said he's a defenseman for the Blue Jackets. The number of times I have heard that man, and he is the like, media king of Boston. And the yep. absolute best, a legend, fucking weirdo. That's why I like him. We're two different kinds of weirdos, but he's just a massive fucking weirdo. He's I a love sports him. fan, sports fan. He is like, got no time for anything. Yeah. The number of times I have heard him use the term grab ass, and I have mm -hmm. never, unless they've been mocking him or quoting him, I've never heard anybody say grab ass. He says grab ass all the time or every time i hear him speak because usually it's about like shit that we're doing he says grab ass all the time and he criticizes david posternock like david posternock ran over his family dog he like, apparently said i didn't see i saw a quote about this i didn't hear him say it but apparently he said like uh his recent struggles are nothing new he's been like this all season yeah it's like and he's fourth in the league in points. <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable also the same guy earlier this year that said that uh, David Pasternak was stat humping mm. by scoring an empty net goal. <laughs> like. that, so for years and years, I would go on and we we'd do various shows together and we would just not plan on it 
end up screaming at each other and melting down because both of us were so disgusted the other one existed. And that, like, their brain thought about hockey the way they did. Here's a clip from uh, 2017, me and Mike Felger uh, making Bruins lines. Lyle's second pair with Adam McQuaid. And then I'm going to get my Jason Sudeikis on and do some Millers. That movie wasn't that bad, actually. I have no idea. It's, it's uh, Jennifer Aniston's in it. Okay, whatever. It's Save your okay. pop culture crap for the other show. Okay? okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, how about the... You know where grab the Millers. ass. You know, did he say grab ass there? No. Uh, <laughs> he just was had no time for your grab I ass. Go. I'm surprised you know who Jennifer Aniston was. I tell you what, my favorite joke is, uh, hey, did you hear who? Got, did you hear about that actress who got stabbed? Uh, with her spoon? So the, you say, uh, shit, who is uh, Reese something? And they say yeah. Witherspoon? You say no with a knife. Mm-hmm. That was a classic one in second grade. I told him that one, and it was the best because he... Had no idea. He was like, actress got stabbed, huh? And I was like, yeah, Reese something. And he was like, oh, that's, that's terrible. He's like, who was it? And I was like, Reese something. And I was like, this guy doesn't know who fucking Reese Witherspoon is. He's Reese Davis. The best. Uh, we didn't do this, but I was thinking of uh, having him on today to be like, hey, saw the clip. Appreciate it. But did text him with it. He said, he was like, I've never seen the show. Didn't mean any harm. Just assumed that without a clock. It's just epic levels of grab ass. And I was like, sure fucking is, man. <laughs> yeah, and the of players course. have a ball doing it. But I uh, was going to say, hey, call into the show and we will talk about shootouts and like what we should do about them. And then when he came on, we would just do like a game time read and fuck <laughs> around and like make up ad shit. But uh, he's the best. And uh, do they ever get down to talking hockey? We is sure did. An iconic. Going to uh, be putting that on a shirt at some yeah. point soon. Uh, do you have to mention? Chaos Chain, Seattle Kraken, beat the Buffalo Sabres. They're not letting go. You talked about the two hottest teams in hockey right now in the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers. Got to talk about the Seattle Kraken because they might be the third best team in hockey. Well, I know that they have been the third best team in hockey uh, for the past month or so. They actually have the second best points percentage over the last month. They're 9-1-2 over the last month. They've allowed just 10 goals at 5-on-5 five five in 12 games. So, so are the, the Jets Kraken. are the Jets struggling then? Because Oilers have to be ahead of them there, right? No, the Jets are. Oh, right. Because Oilers yeah. lost a few yeah. before they went on this run. Yeah, so it's technically Kraken hotter than the Edmonton Oilers right now. Do, do uh, we have any new rules that you're going to add to the chain today? No, but I, I just want to talk about just how good the Seattle Kraken have been. Uh, Ten goals at five on five in the last 12 games is insanely impressive. And, uh, you know, Joey Decord has basically played every single game in net over that span. I think he's only, uh, only not started one of the games, the pride of Arizona state university. There you, there you go. And obviously he's playing super well. He's got a nine fifty four save percentage, but also worth pointing out that like, this isn't necessarily a team that's being saved by unbelievable goaltending right now. Are they benefiting from it? Absolutely. Of course. Well, anytime your goalie has a 9.54 save percentage over a month, you're probably going to be benefiting from that. But Seattle Kraken have allowed the third fewest high danger chances per 60 uh, over that span. So it's not like they're getting super bailed out. They are playing really, really well defensively. They could use a little bit of help offensively. They're not going to be uh, outscoring their problems uh, once things kind of come back down to earth a little bit. But like this is a good team playing very a very, very strong 200-foot game, could use a few more pucks in the net. So, like, I don't know. 
They uh, just need to might trade. need a little help. Yeah, maybe you trade Adam Larson for Trevor Zegers. For Trevor Zegers, I, I love that. Would be, that. I love it's that idea. Win. The trade is one for one. Get um, on it. Uh, do got to mention uh, next Chaos Chain game tomorrow night. The Seattle Kraken head to Washington to face the red hot Washington Capitals. Is anybody in Edmonton out there? Because uh, the Popeyes chicken in Edmonton is making. Edmonton Oilers collectible cups, and they are amazing. Sean and I each have a Johnny Gaudreau cup that we got from Columbus. Drinking water out of it last night, actually. Really? Yeah. How'd it go down? Uh, I was below average. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like just like that water tasted too expensive for how much money you paid for yeah, that cup. Just not. It was not producing the extent that I was expecting it to. But you still. But as the owner of that cup, you still pretended like it's going really well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I ignored the problems, but there were certainly problems. Did, did uh, a pizza come flying out of the <laughs> cup? Did it taste like a muffin? I, I took a sip out of it, and I immediately gave my most valuable possession to somebody else. Mm, that's a bummer. But look at these. Look at the – I want that Zach Hyman cup. Like the, the Ekholm cup, you could kind of – oh, we got somebody. Weird, weird, weird foursome. Like why did they choose that foursome of collector's cups? It is so weird to me. I am very much down for the Darnell Nurse cup yeah. and the Zach Hyman. The Nuge one I like. That's fine. Ekholm? <laughs> Why do you hate Matthias Ekholm so much? Because he's oh, like, he sucked at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I just want to know. He's like the weirdest axe to grind. Every I time know, we I bring up axe to grind, I just don't really care about him. It, I, it seems like you care about him because, like, you know, so like, you, you're like, ah, this fucking guy every time he does something below average. He's just washed ish. No, he's. Mm. I just don't understand, like, did the because if I was like a Popeyes exec and they were like, all right, these are the four players that we want, I would be like, but we want people to come to Popeyes. <laughs> like, give me McDavid cut. I mean, Zach Hyman. Just gonna Zach fly Hyman's off the good shelves. one. True. Hashtag Whatever. NHL All Star vote Kirill Machenko. Hashtag NHL All Star vote Zach Hyman. I saw the Blue Jackets put something out about Fantilli today. They're kind of all over the place. I, I would say focus on one guy and make a, a hard push. But who am I to say no to Adam Fantilli going there? That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, so send those cups if you can. Zach Hyman. And also I'd take a Darnell Nurse one. I wouldn't throw away a Nugent Hopkins one. Please just send him the Matias Eckholm one. That's all I want. Is I want you to like be like, hey, send in a cup your way, or you're looking forward to this package for days, and then you open it up and it's Matias. Eckholm. Actually, send Gotta multiple wait. Hyman ones and Nurse ones because I want to like trick them out. Hyman's like bedazzle now, them, but at home, at home, you gotta wait a couple of weeks. I mean, if you get that's two right. Nugent Hopkins cups, that's basically the same as one Johnny Gaudreau cup. Yeah, kind which of. Which is kind of hilarious. Also, say these are dope cups. Like, they, they are, they they are, are good cups. Yeah, uh, the Johnny Gaudreau one though was also very it, sick. It was a sick cup, uh, minus the fact that it was Johnny Gaudreau on it. I also am not a fan of like clear cups. Yeah, same. So that was I would rather like the other souvenir cups. Something about something the, different something when about, you can't like, see what I'm drinking. Something yeah. about the rim of the clear like plastic souvenir cup. It's that sounds crazy, but it just like hits the mouth differently. It's a good than rim job. The solid <laughs> black or white one, like you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I feel like I accidentally made an inappropriate joke. No, 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 no. Pizza it's, I just said it's a good rim. It's oh no, like some something about like the, the yeah. clear one. 
Not as good. The uh, Bruins one is the best one I have, unfortunately, of the ooh, three that I've collected. So I far forgot you got a Bruins one. Got that thanks to Game Time. True. That's game right. Time came in and they said, who's thirsty? I can afford souvenir cups because of all the money I save on Game Time. Uh, That's I, fantastic. I do want to do a quick little shout out to the NHL PA because they launched a mental health training program for players. It's not mandatory. It's called like the first line, uh, but it's like essentially a mental health 101 course. 20 active NHL players from five different teams have already enrolled and taken part in it's essentially like a, a workshop to kind of teach guys about mental health, which is very cool. I'm glad that that exists. So love that the, exists. Don't love having to enroll in stuff. This is your mental I, health. We're talking about. It's not I hope that the, chore. The, I hope that the process is, uh, is very easy and stress-free because this guy's trying to improve their mental health, not be burdened by yeah. a, a fucking enrolling. You're waiting on applications. <laughs> be like, oh, where are you apply? Who's got the time? Uh, uh, Sean, spin the wheel yeah, so we baby. can say something about a random NHL team. Wh to end whose the game. wheel spin is this? Is you? Uh, I mean, Sean's going to be clicking it no matter what. Yeah, but uh, you got to say something about the team that it lands yeah, on. Yeah, I'll say it. Right. Give it to me. I want the ball. I'll take uh, the it. one afterwards. Spin it. No, we only do uh, one. Let's no, go. we're doing two. Let's go. We're doing one let's for go. each person. Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, talk about them. All right. Do it. I recently checked, and the autographed J.J. Paterka <laughs> authentic jersey is now back to being more expensive than a new authentic J.J. Paterka jersey. So you hate to see it. I'm going to have to either wait for a sale or something else before we get the autographed J.J. Paterka oh, jersey. And that is... Go to Buffalo and get him to sign it. That's true. And that is your Buffalo Sabres take of the day. Unbelievable. I, that's unfortunate. It's a good I take. Some, I want some real hockey talk about my team, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, Felger. Uh, should I leave it the same yeah, team in there? It, so yeah, just Okay. Yeah. It does, it, if no, you, like, these are, like, the takes that I want. I want it to be, like, a... Oh, oh, the oh, Los Angeles damn. Kings. Give me a King's thought. Give me a uh, my King's take. thought is that they are definitely, definitely, definitely Moving. not regretting the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade and contract right now because his numbers are bad. They're so bad. And the Winnipeg Jets are in first place in the entire league. Although the Los Angeles Kings also doing very well. So no, the uh, the PLD jersey is like a top five jersey in the NHL right now. So <laughs> fly it off the shelves. No, seriously, like I want one. Eighty. You might be the only person, right? Yeah, yeah PLD man, not a not an inspiring guy. Well, okay, uh, then we'll talk to you tomorrow because tomorrow will be Thursday, and we got one more this week. It should be a fun time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>